Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is 1.06 here on a Saturday. Of course, uh, sports seasons have been uh, suspended. No Twins, no Timberwolves. Uh, for the near future. We'll certainly keep you up to date on that as always. By the way, our latest news update scheduled for one thirty one today. Tech Talk underway. Doug Swinhart in studio. The phone numbers, as always, here on Tech Talk, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. And, of course, that's good for a phone call or a text. And remember... Call or text early to make sure we're able to get you on the air. Doug, always good to see you. How have you been? Absolutely wonderful, Steve. Busy, busy, busy. But that's the way it should be. Yeah, and that that is good. Uh, Good to stay busy. Once again, 651-989-9226. You can call or text the program here on News Talk E3O-WCCO. People spending a lot more time around their computers. One thing we've seen, a number of businesses uh, allowing people to work from home if they are able. There, there's some jobs you can't do from home. Exactly. That goes without saying. But the folks that can work from home, taking those computers home, and I, I would expect uh, a lot of folks spending more time in their uh, computers than ever. Let's get started with the big story, and it's been a big story for a long time, and that is the status of Windows 7. I'm sure you're dealing with this all the time. Oh, it's nonstop. It's absolutely nonstop. And the way the licensing has worked is really quite confusing. Um, Microsoft pushed out 10, and, well, here's your free update. Nobody give it a second thought. And some people, after three, four months, they wanted to go back. And it was kind of allowed, but really wasn't supposed to be. Apparently, when we give up and move to, to 10, we void... Windows 7 and Windows 8 licenses. So now people are, well, I want to buy a new car. I don't want 10 anymore. I want to go back to 7. And to get it activated, you got to jump through some hoops. It's, um, it's a little, it's a little uh, confused at this point. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait. Now, the latest version of Windows, the 1900 series, 1903, 7, and 1909, there's been, again, some interruption in, in processing and business and didn't roll out near as smooth as people would have been would have liked. It would seem to me that we got to get these updates, especially when we're revamping the entire system. That they, they got to get it right. They just absolutely have to get it right. All right, Doug. When it comes to Windows Seven, though, if people are still running it and are hearing this and things are fine, 
What do they need to do to make sure things are smooth going forward? You know, it can, it can get to be kind of a large process. If they've got Windows, if they got Microsoft Office and a bunch of Microsoft products installed, it becomes even more complex. But you want to shut off all your updates, and without question, you're going to want to get rid of Security Essentials or Windows Defender, whatever you happen to be running, that's Microsoft. You really got to cut the chain from Microsoft 100%. And you must, at no matter what, you have to have a commercial antivirus malware program. And I, ha- I would like to mention, I've been playing around a little bit with an old program called Spybot Search and Destroy. Oh. Love that program. And they've been kind of quietly in the news the last couple of months for the job that they're doing with antivirus. And I went, well, wait a minute. I thought they were just malware. So I look and, yep, you can download the free version of SpyBot Search and Destroy. And this company, if you add, I believe it's like 20 bucks a year, they put on virus. And they've been doing tremendous work with viruses. So uh, that would be a, a great, great alternative. And, of course, we got Malware Bytes and ESET and many, many good products out there. But you really got to cut the cord completely, shut off your updates, learn about some services, and go through the services and shut down any connection between you and Microsoft and you can make yourself almost invisible on the net. Another good website to look at is speedguide.net. doesn't have so much to do with shutting off Windows 7, but it will help increase your Internet speed. And it is a great resource to learn about TCP IP and transferring data back and forth over the Internet. Fantastic website. Been around for, I'm going to guess, over three decades it's uh, some of these things now, you know, really have some reputation. I like that. Uh, yeah. These, these, uh, some of the people have been around a good long time, and that's a good thing. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. You can call or text here on Tech Talk, and we're going to be going to the phone lines here very shortly. And great way to get through to the program is on our text line at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. Um, how to clean up a home desktop computer? Now I'm not exactly sure what they mean by clean up, but uh, let, let's start with some basics. Um, if you've got a home desktop computer, one of the things I would say is start with the desktop. Absolutely. You know, too many things on the screen. And and tell us why that's a bad deal. Yeah, You know, that's really the first place to look. If you look at a desktop and it's cluttered, the the first thing you want to look at is, are we saving files on that desktop or are they just shortcuts? We can have as many shortcuts as you want. Personally, I don't care for it because it makes me confused. I like a clean desktop. Shortcuts are not so bad, but when we... Save files on a desktop, and this is true no matter what you have for an operating system. A Mac, Linux, Windows, it doesn't matter. You are robbing your system of precious random access memory. It, you think you've got it saved, but it's not actually saved on your hard drive per se. Now, when you shut off your computer, yes, the operating system takes a snapshot of the desktop and saves it to the, to the hard drive in a temporary file. So the first thing to look at is clean up that desktop and check to see if you are having lots and lots of processes running in the background. That's the next thing. 
is once you get to that point, if you want to do it yourself, you must spend a little time and learn about Windows services. If you've got hundreds of services running that you never use, it's creating all kinds of busy work in the background. And now you combine that with too many files on your desktop, probably haven't done any maintenance on your hard drive. If you've got a spinner, they do require a disk defrag and a disk cleanup from time to time, getting rid of your temporary files. One of my favorite programs used to be um, CCleaner, and now that's been purchased by Avast, and I am not really so high on, on Avast um, sending out all these notices to buy, buy, buy. It's kind of annoying. They've, they've got the free version of CCleaner popping up three, four times a day with, well, you got to buy it, got to get it. And I understand they got to make money, but at the same time, you can't annoy people and uh, motivating them to spend dollars. It, there's got to be a little bit deeper reason for that. But CCleaner is a wonderful product. Uh, if people don't want to learn about these things, that's your next alternative is to buy a small software package that you can have as a cleaning utility. And there's lots of them out there, but CCleaner is probably one of my favorite. Um, Glary Utilities is another real good one. And just scoot around on the net. You're going to find all kinds of things. Try to make sure you are downloading from a reputable company as well as a reputable host site. If you're getting clean files, your computer will stay clean. And that's getting to be a bigger thing as we move forward as well. Yeah, and one of the things we do want to encourage and have encouraged on the program is keeping older equipment up and running. There are a lot of ways to do it. Doug talked about those steps, but if you have an older machine, that uh, there are new operating systems. We talk about Linux all the time. They're going to keep this old equipment up and running and running safely on the Internet. Oh, you bet. And there's not, there's more operating systems to come as well. Now, people talk about Linux as an operating system, and it's actually a kernel. And the actual basis of that operating system is Unix and also GNU. And these two, there's a plethora of operating systems that I believe are going to be very competitive coming up. Most of them are open source, and you can download them and try them and play around. Uh, FreeBSD is going to be a big one. There's one in France called Pure OS that I think really needs to have to take a look at. And, of course, we got a company in Colorado now that's building computers from the ground up called System76. And they are creating their own Linux, beautiful machines, by the way, and they're not the least expensive on the market, but let's face it, we get what we pay for. Just absolutely gorgeous equipment. And they create their own Linux. And the reason I bring them up, Steve, is they offer a lifetime support for their Linux. And I called, I said, well, you mean like seven years or what the state laws? No, no, we said lifetime, and we're going to stand behind that. Wow. So that's big. That's huge. Uh, that might actually motivate some people to take a look at Linux and get into a different environment that's going to run and run and run. I, I would like to see that company do well. And it's uh, just go to system76.com, and they're there. It's S-Y-S-T-E-M-7-6.com. Beautiful equipment. Absolutely gorgeous. Quick break. We'll come back. Robin and Bill will be our first calls on the program. Here's the number. Call or text 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in studio here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. It is one nineteen here on a Saturday at News Talk 
830-WCCO. Doug Swinhart in studio. I'm Steve Thompson. Jonathan Lowe is our producer, and our phone number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. You can uh, call or text. Let's go to the phone lines. Robin's been waiting a while. Robin, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Um, is using live chat a security issue? I don't think so. Um, the, a bigger issue here is how you're connecting to it. Make absolutely certain that you've got a good web browser. And there's lots and lots of things that you can do to protect yourself. I would suggest Google Chrome, Mozilla Firefox, and, of course, my favorite as of late, the Brave browser, which actually is built on a Chrome engine. And just make certain that where you're connecting to do your chatting is safe and secure. You actually link up as a part of their network. Nonetheless, your firewall is separate. There really isn't any data other than the screen coming in to to be doing your live chat. You should be just fine. As long as your computer is is up to date, up to date browsers is the biggest issue with what you're asking me in. And that's that's simple. Almost every browser today will update itself as soon as you open it. Where people have problems is if they haven't opened up Firefox for several weeks and then they open it up and they go to work and they don't really realize that it's updating in the background and they're running on an older version until they allow Firefox to restart. And that's the same with almost all of them. So you got to make sure you get them opened up. And I believe Firefox had three updates last week as just an example. I know for sure that Google... Chrome and Chromium had two, and the Brave browser, I have two Brave browsers. I've got the stable version and the developers, developer's version, and the developer's version is getting two or three a day, which I've never seen before. That's uh, a lot of updating. And, Doug, we, we should remind folks that uh, scams are of all great concern all the time. We've talked a lot about those uh, where you'll get a phone call and your computer's infected. Uh, there are other scams that come maybe potentially through your email, uh, pop-ups, et cetera. With, with people spending more and more time on their computers, with so many things shut down, you know, you're going to be on your computer. Hopefully you're going to read a book, all those sorts of things. Uh, be aware of the scams. And once again, if someone calls and says, Yes, we're from Company X, and we have found your computer. Be very wary of any of that sort of thing. We, we have to keep our guard up. You just can't say this enough. And, and my experience, Steve, is good, hardworking, honest people, well, we trust others. And we think, well, a guy wouldn't have called me if it wasn't real. But here's a place where we really have to have a large amount of, of skeptical thought and go, wait a second. Yeah, really, Who can I get your phone number? Can you give me your address? Where are you calling from? Tell you what, I got some things burning on the stove in the kitchen. I will call you right back. What's your direct number? If they can't give you that, I don't think you should talk to them at all. And by no means will your bank ever call up and ask you for a password or account numbers or a credit card company call you up and ask you for your credit card number and your security code. There's a lot of this going on. We think that we're winning. We would like to think we're winning. But there's an awful lot of this nonsense happening every day. It, it, I'm just mind-boggled at the creativity 
that some of these unscrupulous people have and what the things they come up with. It's just, it's unbelievable. And of course, now they're calling people who are on Social Security to verify their Social Security and how they got their banking set up. I mean, come on. You're going to start picking on retired people who most of them are on a fixed income and can't Really? I just don't get it. Yeah. I, they should spend their time doing something positive. They would probably make more money with less effort. That's my opinion. Yeah. Be aware. Oh, yeah. Let's go to Bill in St. Paul. Bill, you're on Tech Talk. Hello. Hi, you guys. Big fan of the show. Oh, thank you, Bill. And uh, I listen all the time. I'm just curious. I want to move um, my contacts from Outlook on my old laptop to uh, to Windows Mail on my new laptop, which has Windows 10. And I also want to move my um, bookmarks from Explorer from the old laptop to the new laptop. Is that fairly easy, straightforward stuff to do? It's supposed to be. Um, with, <laughs> with, with, with Outlook, uh, you should be able to do an export. And I have to be honest and tell you, I don't do too much with Windows Mail so to speak, and I think you're referring to the 360, but they also have one that comes on new machines, which is going to guide you to 360. It, it's it's not as straightforward as a Gmail account or many other. Generally, you would do an export and then just do an import. And it very well could be that if you have a Gmail account, you're going to want to bring your contacts right straight into your Gmail account first. Now, you bring up Favorites and bookmarks. This has kind of been a sore spot with Windows 10 moving forward. The Microsoft Edge browser was supposed to just automatically bring in the favorites. They haven't always done that. And if that's an issue, you're again, you're going to have to go in and do an export and re-import them. Or you can actually, your favorites, you can actually go underneath your user directory um, if you take a look at um, Windows Explorer, not to be confused with Internet Explorer, and go under Drive C, you will see a folder labeled Users. Underneath that folder, you will see whoever is set up as a user, what you're using for a username if you double-click that then, and you'll see Docs, Pictures, and Favorites, and Desktop. And that will give you a good chance to at least copy the entire file and make it safe. I think that for favorites and bookmarks, by importing them into another browser, I think you're going to be okay. Once you get them into Firefox and you get them into Chrome or Chromium and or Brave, they will import into any one of those automatically in the background. And I think at that point, Edge will say, well, you can import them over here too. I'm not sure why that is, but it's uh, kind of tricky how that works. But uh, And if you have a problem with that, give me a call next week. I'll walk you right through it. Or we can connect up remotely and spend a little time, and we'll make sure you get them. As long as they're in good shape now, should have no problem at all. We'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program today. By the way, our number, if you want to talk to Doug here on Tech Talk, call or text 651-989-9226. Let's bring in Gordon and I. Sandy Gordon, you're on the air. Uh, yes, uh, I have a uh, Windows 10, and I've had an up- update uh, a- a- awareness, which I've done, but it goes through 89%, and then it just stops. 
Yeah, this is um, this has actually been a, a an issue with several of the builds of Windows, and I find the best thing to use to get that thing back in shape is to get on the internet, go to Google, and in the search box, type in GWX Control Panel. This was a free program that was originally set up for Windows Seven, and it was to prevent Windows Ten. But there's a section you can just run the portable version. You don't even need to install it. There's a section in there that cleans your cache, and you can just use just that. And then try to get your updates again. You're also going to want to make sure how your updates are configured. You really want to shut off getting your updates over the network and over the Internet. If at all possible, you want your updates coming in from Microsoft. And they've kind of got this thing set up now to where, well, share, 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 and a lot of times what's happening that brings you to this 89% is you're timing out. Because they're, they're not coming in quite fast enough. Try a different time of day as well. And have it set up to alert you to reboot immediately. And sometimes with Windows 10, you have to actually shut the machine off all the way, wait a couple minutes, and fire it back up. I'm not certain why that is. A restart should be a restart should be a restart. But with Windows 10, it's like something stays in RAM, in memory, even for a reboot. And I'm not quite clear what that is. Um, This, you are not the only one that's suffering from this. That's probably not going to make you feel much better, but it's it's an ongoing issue. If it doesn't clean up after that, you're going to have to dig into your services and find out if you've got some type of program running in the background that is preventing this thing from actually happening to its fulfillment. And... Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. And by the way, we'll take more calls and texts following a brief update from the CBS News on the coronavirus pandemic. Our number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. And that's good for a call or text. We have Al and Stephen waiting on the line to talk to Doug. And we have a number of very good texts to get to as well. And we'll we'll get into that coming up, including another question about Windows 7. There's a lot of those floating around. Oh, you bet. So we'll get into that as well. And we have a friendly reminder, if you have a smart speaker, and more and more people are getting those smart speakers, tell your smart speaker to play News Talk E3O-WCCO. It's it's really slick. It's just like that. So uh, by all means, if you have one in the house, give it a try. Tell your smart speaker to play News Talk 830-WCCO. Phone number on Tech Talk, as always, with Doug, 651-989-9226. You can call or text the program. We'll be going to the text line very shortly. Jonathan Lowe is our producer doing an outstanding job, as always. Always comforting to have Jonathan in the studio. It's always, you know, it's a good thing. We've worked together for a long time. Always good to see Jonathan here. On News Talk, A3OWCCO. Eric Nelson coming on a little bit later in the program with a Sports Saturday. Right now, let's go to the phone lines. Wally in Minneapolis. Wally, you're on the air. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a problem with Chrome. Over the last few times I started Chrome, I noticed this little wheel turning, and it says resolving host. And it takes like five minutes for for Chrome to go any place. If I try to go to Yahoo, I try to go to eBay, try to go any place, 
it is it having a problem with this resolving host. So I clear the Chrome cache and restarted, and it still does that. I'm wondering if you have any other ideas. The first question I would ask is: Is this behavior the exactly the same or similar using other browsers? Generally, if you can't resolve a host, it doesn't have anything to do with your computer. It's your DNS. Um, your internet service provider sets up a domain name server, and at, there's tens of thousands of them around the planet. When you put in a, a name in a web browser and you hit enter, that first network packet goes right straight to your DNS server, and it converts that domain name to an IP address or numbers and then shoots directly to that website host to get the files. And then, of course, that same network packet tells them where to send it back to your computer. Generally speaking, if you're having trouble resolving a host, that is going to be the DNS. That's not always the case. If you're running Windows, there's also a file called a host file. And if that has become corrupted, in some way that you'll need to do a little research. It's just a little too lengthy to go in over the, over the radio. But um, if you have trouble with that, give me a call first, check another browser. I would recommend as well that you just download and install the brave browser. As long as you're working on this thing, B R A V E.com. You're going to like that browser. If you spend a little time and learn what it's doing for you, it's a nice, nice setup, fast, light, and extremely secure. B-R-A-V-E dot com. Yeah. Multiple browsers. Oh, you got a no-brainer. They're free. It's like the radio.com app. That's Should a no-brainer. That. Should have that too. Yeah, it's free. Um, but multiple browsers. Yeah. It is a must because you will be surprised. Something doesn't work in one browser for whatever reason or it's giving you trouble. Switch browsers. Try the same website. Things will work fine. It is amazing. Even with our business management software, in the printing biz, sometimes it, it's a it's a struggle in Firefox. Switch over to Chrome, works just fine. Yeah, don't know why, and then it'll resolve and it'll be fine in the other browser at a point down the road. So, multiple browsers, big deal. It's a must. It's an absolute must. And keep in mind that we talk an awful lot about Google Chrome and Firefox, and of course, lately we've been speaking considerable amount about Brave. But there's others. Opera is still a very viable option. Uh, the person who originally wrote Opera has moved to Italy and started his own browser called Vivaldi. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And there are new browsers popping up every day. Just be cautious. Make sure you know where you're getting it, that, they, that the people who wrote it and are going to continue to support it have a good reputation. And on the Internet, reputation still means something. In fact, it means a lot. So if you're working with somebody that's got a good reputation that's trustworthy, that's huge. But multiple browsers, you can't say it enough, Steve. You just can't. It's an absolute, absolute must, regardless what you have for an operating system. And it's going to get to be more so. The entire industry, in my opinion, is quickly moving to web-based. And that has become odd. I said that 35 years ago. Nobody believed me. They believe it now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, and I, I think maybe the thing that's that's pushed everyone is uh, the the Chromebooks. Yeah. And, and the fact that 
you know, the, the Chrome operating system is always updated. It's always fresh. Sweet is it, what it is. And and they're starting to expand the capabilities of what you're able to do on a Chromebook. Indeed. Where ultimately it's just hardware. Yeah. Where, where it is, to a certain extent, just hardware. Now, granted, if I'm traveling, you know, I'll, I'll download a video or two or a movie or two to have while I travel and something to watch on the on the plane, for instance. But other than that, the hardware is just the hardware. It you don't become married and feel feel like if if this laptop is broken or if I lose this device, I'm out of luck. It, it's not that way anymore. Well, it's like the caller we had earlier that wanted to move his contacts and his his favorites. His book. none of that with a Chromebook. None of it. Everything is up in your Google account. Everything. So you can walk up to a computer that isn't even yours and log into your Google account. And it looks, feels, everything's there just the way it should be. So we're going to see more and more of that as uh, as the, everything progresses forward. Um, there are times for developers that they actually have to be working at their workstation with no Internet. And Google is addressing that at this point, too. Some of the new Google computers that you can buy from the Google store, they're not... They're no longer two, three hundred dollar computers. You jump on there, you can find seventeen, eighteen hundred dollar laptops that give you fourteen hours of battery life, and they weigh a little over two pounds. Beautiful machines, but as a rule, you could do almost anything with a Chromebook. You could do with a PC or a Mac, and they're a great alternative for many, many, many users. All right, let's get to the phones again. A lot of calls on the program today. Uh, let's go to Alan Blue Earth. Hal, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, hi. Thank you very much for taking the call. Uh, mine has to do with uh, switching from 7 to 10. About two months ago, uh, Windows was kind enough to let me know that if I didn't upgrade to Windows 10, every virus in the world and thing could go wrong in the world. And I believe I'm part of the reason coronavirus is it is what it is today. But when I upgraded it, um, I had started having a problem. It would not find my USB uh, ports. When I turned the computer on, I went through all everything I could do, end up calling Windows for help. Ugh. And some guy got online, got on my computer, and basically turned it off, turned it back on, and it will see the USB port. But if I take that USB out, put a flash drive back in, it won't see it again. Is there a patch? Is there some way that this computer can be on and I can put stuff in the USB port and have it be found? Uh, yeah, You know, I got to be honest and tell you, I think the only thing that's going to correct this is for you to do a complete copy. Make sure you got copies of all your data and do a fresh install. Uh, you got to wipe out the old Windows completely and do a fresh install of Windows 10. And that should... Cr- I don't know why Microsoft is playing around with drivers the way they are, but they are. And it's getting to be, from my perspective, extremely irritating. You might... Want to try to take a look at your device manager underneath your system, underneath control panel, and check to see if your drivers are online. Wherever your computer, whoever manufactured it, go to their website and check to see if they've got some fixes. If you're having this trouble, I can almost guarantee others are as well. But generally speaking, if you, if it's all USB drives and there's not a hardware issue, then you got something else going on, and we got to be looking to the configuration, or you got to be looking right straight at the operating system itself. 
And if you have problems with that, you give me a call next week and we'll see if we can connect up remotely and take a look and get this thing taken care of for you. And thank you for the call. We'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program. One more call, then we'll go to the text line. Our number is 651-989-9226. That's call or text any of our programs here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. Let's go to Stephen and Olivia. Stephen, you're on the air. Yes, I got the challenge with Google Chrome. Whenever I try and listen to a YouTube video or something like that, I have no audio. If I go over to Internet Explorer and do it, I have audio. What's my setting? What do I got to find? Um, you need to go underneath the settings in Google Chrome and down at the bottom, reset, run the whole thing. And there's also a section in there that will review and take a look at your overall computer. That is bizarre. I'm also thinking you're going to want to be checking to see what you've added for extensions. Extensions can be a good thing if they're kept to a minimum, but reset Google Chrome and see if that works. But I'd be looking at extensions for absolute certain, but you're going to need to reset Chrome or, and if that doesn't work, uninstall it completely and reinstall it. And by the way, the Brave browser, you know, I've said that a lot today. It looks and feels like Chrome. I don't think you could hardly tell the difference. But you you might want to grab that one as well. And keep in mind now that Google owns YouTube. That's This isn't a good thing here. This is um, that I... uh, do some run some searches that they're going to want that corrected post haste. And thank you for the call. I hope that helps. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll go to the text line. We've got a lot to get to there. Uh, once again, a problem with Windows 10 locking up uh, related to the recycle bin. We'll, we'll get Doug's thoughts on that and much more here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. 12 minutes down in front of 2 o'clock. We'll have all the news at 2. We'll start with CBS. Al Shock in our newsroom with the very latest on the coronavirus pandemic and other headlines. 27 degrees, variable winds at 4. Steve Thompson, Doug Swinhart. It is Tech Talk. And now we've got time to jump over to the text line and talk about Windows 10. Logs up with the following message. The recycle bin on C is corrupted. Oh, boy. Do you want to empty? What could be going on there? Yeah, you want to empty. Yeah, the, People don't realize this, but when you got things in your recycle bin, they're not really deleted. They're taken off your hard drive into a garbage can on your desktop. It's just like saving files on your desktop, maybe even worse. Now, Windows 7, 8, XP, and 10 all ship with the recycle bin set to this huge size. One of the first things I do in optimizing an operating system is I tone that down in accordance with how much RAM they've got. If they've got 8 gigs, for example, I allow 256 megabytes for the recycle bin, no more. And that's as big of a recycle bin as anybody should use. Think of it this way. You walk into the kitchen and you throw stuff in your garbage can. If you never take it out to the curb, what's your kitchen going to look like in a year? And that's what's happening on your computer. Yes, you do want to empty that recycle bin and then get in there and change the settings, do some cleanup. That recycle bin is a temporary thing. In case you deleted something by accident, you can go back to the recycle bin and restore it. 99% of what you send to the recycle bin is garbage and you're going to want to get rid of it. 
So from time to time, you got to put your pointer on top, that recycle bin icon on the desktop, if you have one, and simply right-click and left-click empty. And it's just like flushing the potty. It's gone. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Yeah, and that, that is uh, an important reminder. Don't clutter up your desktop with a lot of files. I know it's tempting to save all sorts of documents and so on and so forth, but it does slow your machine down and having a recycle bin that's full, uh, same thing. Um, do you, uh, let's see, any practical way to run 32-bit software on Apple 64-bit Catalina? Now, this is um, advanced-level stuff, but... Can you boil it down to simple terms? Can you do that? I know that you can do it on a PC, on a Mac. I think I'd have to know more about your Mac. I believe that you can get VirtualBox that is a Mac capable, I believe. But Apple will give you opportunity to do that. In addition to that, you can all, most Macs today will allow you to put Windows on there and have a dual boot. Then you can get in there and put VirtualBox on and do whatever you want to. But, yes, if where there's a will, there's a way. You can get it done. I would question what kind of 32 Mac software you want to run. That's, um, that's, this is a very unusual request, Steve. Very unusual. Uh, we had our picture saved to an external hard drive. We've taken it to several spots, and they want to charge us $1,500 to get our photos off that external hard drive that had quit working. And this gets back into backups when we talk about it. And people have a little bit more downtime right now than they normally would because of the precautions. A lot of events and activities have been canceled or postponed. You want multiple backups. Yeah. external hard drive is a good idea, but those can fail. Absolutely. Uh, you, you certainly want copies up in the cloud. Absolutely. My quick tip, I'll throw it out there again. If you have a photo you absolutely positively want to hang on to or a document you absolutely positively want to hang on to, email it from one of your accounts to another account. Typically, people have more than one email account. Of course. For me, that is pure gold because yep. I have it in the, in the sent on email A. For instance, I have an old Yahoo account. And I'll send it to that, then I know what's in there. So I have it in my Gmail and my Yahoo account. To me, that I feel most comfortable about backing up really key stuff that way. I find myself using that technique more and more every day. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. And then in the subject line, you can put the subject of the photo and quickly find that email. Just by doing a search. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the one thing about this hard drive that really kind of concerns me is this flat number of 1,500. I would actually like to see that drive. A lot of times, these hard drives, you can actually take the hard drive out of them, and the hard drive is working. It's the panel there where you plug it in that's bad. In addition to that, if it's a standard hard drive, say it's a Seagate, and which is rare. Let's say Western Digital. Say it's a Western Digital. There is a... Is a, a computer board on the bottom of that hard drive. Sometimes you can take one board off a, a old hard drive, put it on this one, and it works. There's many techniques. I would be concerned about who they're going to see for $1,500. Now, I can say this. 
if they go to OnTrack in Eden Prairie, Kroll OnTrack, this place will actually put it in a clean room, and they've got little bitty pieces of equipment, and they take the hard drive apart inside of an airtight cabinet and actually remove the data by hand with little tiny microscopic tools that look like spatulas and lay it down, lay the data down on a new drive. That is an unbelievable process. I've seen it go as high as five grand to have stuff be covered overnight. It really depends what you want and how much you want. But this $1,500 flat fee has kind of got me going. I'd like to see that drive. Yeah, and it also gets into multiple backups. We've always talked oh, about it on the program. Uh, if you still have the ability to burn a DVD, good way to go. Um, some sort of paid service that backs up your data for you, good way to go. Uh, my little technique, emailing it to myself and another account, is, is a way to go. There are a lot of services, particularly for photos. You betcha. And um, Google Drive and Google Photos is tremendous for this. Well, that alone for one account is going to give you 15 gigabytes of space. And I, I should mention, too, Steve, our old favorite, Mosey, has been bought out by Carbonite. So Carbonite is Mosey, and Mosey is Carbonite today. Wow. And they're doing a great job. Sometimes a company will buy out another one, and prices will go up, and everything changes, and the service uh, just the opposite with Carbonite. I think their service is actually better. It's improved, and I think it's going to be a good move. And that's a tremendous alternative would be Carbonite as well. But there's really, and I hate to say it, no reason why people are losing their data today. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever. It, other than just managing by avoidance, but sooner or later, it's going to catch you. All right, quick uh, call. We have time to squeeze in a call before the end of the program. Patsy in Bloomington, go quick. Hi. Hi. Um, I have Windows 10 and I have Google Chrome as my Gmail. Okay. And there used to be a line across the top where the favorites or bookmarks were. All of a sudden, that's disappeared. Can you help me get it back? Yeah. If uh, there's, um, there's a button up in the upper right-hand corner, if I'm not mistaken, it's three dots. When you left-click on that, a window will drop down, and you can go to Settings, and in Settings, you can turn your bookmarks back on. Uh, that should be a, a quick and easy fix for you. And if you're big on Chrome, I'm gonna again, I'm going to promote Brave. I love that browser. The more I play with it, the better I like it. I like the built-in ad blocker that is so efficient. It's just unbelievable. And they are doing a great job on that as well. Don't get rid of Chrome. Don't get rid of Firefox. Just add another one and see what you think. And that will be my tip today is brave, brave, brave. And thank you so much for the call, Patsy. All right, uh, Doug, our time has gone very quickly on the program today. Apologize to all the texts and all the calls that didn't make it on the air. Once again, uh, the phone number is 651-989-9226. And we'll be back in a week to take your calls and text here on the program. Doug, your phone number and email. Thank you. 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOTech.com. WCCOTECH.com. 651-552-9543. See you next week, Steve. All right, Doug. Have a great week. There is Doug Swinhart, Tech Talk, here on News Talk, A3OWCCO. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.